0: What's happening, Rebels? I hope you're doing well. I know most of you are home now with the coronavirus going on, and we want to let you know Rebel Parenting is here for you. If you need resources, how to work successfully from home, how to talk to your kids about the coronavirus, check out our show notes from yesterday's broadcast at rebelparenting.org blog. You can also reach out to Laura and I directly if you're looking for some marriage coaching while you're in isolation, while you're spending 24 hours a day with your spouse. Things might get a little rocky. You can contact us, help at rebelparenting.org, help at rebelparenting.org. Thank you to Liberty Health Share for sponsoring this podcast, libertyhealthshare.org slash rebel. That is our healthcare provider, and we appreciate them in this time. Speaking of the coronavirus and being isolated at home, a lot of people are figuring out, trying to figure out what to do with your kids. And today's program speaks to that. I've got Eric Goss, co founder of Menno streaming service, gomenno.com. And I got to tell you, my kids use it. Lucy loves gomenno.com, and it is a fantastic streaming service. And it is a safe environment for young kids. I know while your kids are home, there's a lot more screen time going on. It's just the nature of the beast. And people are trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I keep them safe? I tell you, gomeno.com is a great alternative. Let's dive into it. Here is Eric Goss on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels. Hope you're having a great day. Oh, man, it's been a good week. Well, I don't know about that. I'm going to count it as a good week. We got a ton of snow, and then I got up this morning, I went to drive to the gym, and my truck's been making a funny noise in the front end, and it's been making that for a while. I rotated my tires, and the noise didn't go away, and I was like, oh my goodness, and I pulled out of our driveway to a, a large, crunchy noise, and got out, and three of my lug nuts have sheared off. So it was a little disappointing this morning. And whatever, first world problems. It's not that big of a deal. We still have another car. Laura can drive me around. But I am excited. I've got Eric Gost, CEO and co-founder of Minnow. Uh, GoMinnow.com is the website. It is a streaming service for kids. And my daughter Lucy's been into it. Eric, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Hey, thanks so much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we were talking before. Here's the thing that my listeners know. I can't lie. I really can't. I just can't be untruthful about things. We had, uh, who was trying to get us? It wasn't GoToMeeting. Oh, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter ZipRecruiter.com was trying to sponsor the podcast. And I just was honest. I called them and I said, listen, I can read your script. I could do that. But I have one part-time employee, and then it's my wife and I. Like, that's it. We haven't used ZipRecruiter. Probably not going to use ZipRecruiter. I hear it on other podcasts. But what do you want me to say? Like, I can't talk about this. One of our sponsors now is Liberty HealthShare, and we use that. We've been using it for three years. They just came on as a sponsor, but we've already been using them for a long time. And when we talked about possibly doing a deal with Minnow, I was like, sure. I mean, But I got to let my kids watch it. And if they don't like it, I got to be honest about it. And I was so thrilled that Lucy is super into it. There's a show called Allegories, by the way, cute name. And she's super into it. Like, I come home, she's already watching it. It's got a great app on the Apple TV. It works really easily. All the things that I look for, you know, what's the ease of use of the product? And I got to tell you, Minnow's been fantastic for us.
1: That's great, Ryan. That's great to hear. We've worked really hard to make it as turnkey and as easy as possible for parents.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, it's really, you've done a great job. How long have you been around? How did this come? To, I mean, it's a needed service. Truthfully, like we have Netflix, we've got Hulu, we've got Amazon Prime, we have all the things. Netflix, we have to really, really monitor what Lucy, not Lincoln as much anymore, he's 13, he knows what he's doing, he knows what we approve of, what we don't approve of, Netflix kind of slips in a lot of preaching to the younger age, and there's some garbage out there, like we don't let our kids watch any live action Disney shows, like Disney shows with kids, none of that, like that stuff is poison for the family, how did Menno come about, how'd you guys found this?
1: Yeah, so it's actually been something that sort of kind of matured over the last decade for me. I was in the started my career in the Navy and went to business school, and then ended up working at Amazon in the early days. All right. I got there about six months after their IPO and was there for seven years during very formative time. Hard to believe, but it was at a time when they sold just books, music, video, and was involved actually in co-authoring a lot of the early digital strategies that informed kind of where the company ultimately went. Mm. And so left Amazon for family reasons to move back to Tennessee, Kentucky, and ended up partnering with someone who was working with Phil Vischer. Oh. And Phil Visher approached us and said, hey, would like your help on a video series called Buck Denver Ask What's in the Bible. And so as I was working with Phil on Buck Denver, what I recognized was a lot of the customers that we were interacting with, Christian retail wasn't really working yep. for the business or for customers. And so we mm. really made Buck Denver a direct-to-consumer brand selling over the internet, which I knew a little bit about e-commerce coming from Amazon. <laughs> (laughs) And so as we talked to parents, what we recognized is they wanted more content, but they didn't know where to get it. But then we had a lot of creatives coming to us saying, hey, would you do for us what you did for Phil? And what I recognized was there was going to be an opportunity as streaming was beginning to take, you know, kind of get traction in the marketplaces 2012, 2013, that there was an opportunity to actually build a digital platform that could serve Christian families. Yeah. And so Phil had toyed around with a brand called JellyTelly. And so we That's helped right. him with that and learned some things with JellyTelly. But what we recognized is that families actually wanted more than just sort of a video streaming service. They really wanted parent resources. They wanted books. In many ways, a lot of the resources that are in the Christian market have been dominant for the last 20 years and are less relevant in speaking into the cultural context that parents are raising kids in. And so, Don't um, I know it.
0: My goodness. (laughs) I mean, that's what we do at Rebel Parenting. It's so surprising. You know, there is a lot of new resources coming out but for a while we were looking out there going my goodness i don't know if this speaks to today's generation
1: yeah when, and it's pretty clear we've done extensive parent interviews and what's fascinating is when we talk to parents there are really kind of four major issues that came out and based on the work that you do ryan i know that you're addressing all of these issues which is you know the first was hey As a Christian parent, because the first question we had is, do parents even identify as Christians? Like, do they look Mm, at their parenting as Christian? And it was very clear that that, yeah, I didn't want to assume that that was true. And it was very clear that parents definitely view their identity as parents, as a Christian parenting identity. But they almost to a person said, I want to raise my kids to know Christ, but... I don't want to raise them the way I was raised. Yep. And it was almost 90% of the parents we talked to said, you know, I don't want to do it the way that my parents did it. Mm. But when you ask them, well, then how are you doing it? They're like, good question. I feel like I'm, you know, uh, freestyling most of the time and trying to figure it out mainly on what I don't want to do versus what I want to do. Oh,
0: we talk about that Um, all the time. So that's reactionary parenting. I was just doing a parenting seminar in Northern California and Sadly, so many parents today still have toxic relationships with their parents. Parents still say right. mean things. They still butt in. They still step on toes. They still drop landmines. And so their marriage and parenting has become reactive. Well, my parents did this, and I'm going to go way over here in the pendulum. And I'm like, that's not healthy for you or your kids either. we got to get away from that reactionary parenting. But, man, that's so astute that you guys are finding that out. Mm.
1: Yeah. And what we recognize is a streaming service doesn't necessarily solve that problem. Like there's part of it that we want to provide the resources for kids and families, Mm -hmm. um, but we need to help parent resource parents. And so the second thing that we recognize is that parents just feel overwhelmed by culture Ooh. and they feel like they're sort of put in a no win situation where they either have to pull their kids out of media and technology, yep. which they don't feel that it, they don't. Well, while that may have been a decision people could have made historically today, it, you're actually sort of hamstring your kids yep. because the world that they're operating in is media and technology. Definitely. At the same time, you don't want to fully embrace the media and technology platforms we have because there's a sense of compromising your values What you care most dearly about. Mm -hmm. And so, what we recognize is we've got to create a place from a cultural standpoint to help. It needs to be a place that can do good cultural exegesis while at the same time that it can be safe and and avoid what I call kind of what you're talking about, Netflix, where it's hyper vigilant. We want to make media technology stress free. Yep. The third thing. I'm going to do the third
0: thing in a second. That's honestly why we don't, you know, there's so many things about Disney Plus I want to like. But i got to tell yes. you, when Disney writers are writing scripts for kids and how they speak to their parents, it's highly inappropriate. And if you yep. have that playing in the background of your family, one, it teaches kids how do you speak to parents. This is how you speak to parents. Parents are buffoons. They're falling apart. They're really dumb. They're to be made fun of and to be silly. And kids are this kind of sassy, talk back, all-knowing, you know, entities, and you play that enough in the background, your brain starts going, Oh, well, I guess that's just how kids talk. And then your kids start speaking to you that way, and you're like, Wow, I don't like this, but I guess that's just how kids talk. No, it's not. Don't believe it. That's how Disney writers write kids speaking. But it's not how kids are supposed to talk. And we just can't bring it into our house. And it stinks. It's one of those things where you know I don't want my kids to be hindered. And I don't think being without Disney Plus hinders my children. But you can't pull them off screens completely. You can't say, well, we're just not going to do the internet. Well, then you're really harming your family. And so having a streaming service where you don't have to be like, I mean, literally with my daughter, before she watches any show on Netflix, Laura and I have to see it. And I got to tell you, what a huge pain. It's so like, because I don't know, do I not want you to watch this just because it's dumb? Or is there actually morally something wrong with this? So when we watch it, you have to actively watch this ridiculous, asinine kid show that's really not done that well and go, uh, okay, is this okay, is this not okay? And there's some shows that it's like, nope, this is teaching you what was the one she was watching. I forget, who cares, but it was the typical kids show is character acts poorly throughout the entire program, and then at the end changes their ways and everybody loves them, and what it teaches kids is, you can act however you want, as long as in the end you change it, then everyone's really going to come in, they're really going to all bond around you, and it's When you act like a jerk most of your life, people will just go away from you. There's just so much of that out there, and it's hard to wade through it. I mean, my gosh, Netflix has like eight billion offerings, and most of it is garbage. And so figuring that stuff out, well oh, my goodness.
1: Well, and it's interesting you bring it up, Brian, because you know, I, I talked to our team about, you know, this theological term, Greek word telos, like ultimate mm-hmm. end. And as a church we believe that ultimate end and the good life, so to speak, is with Christ. Like, what does it mean to live in community with God and experiencing His Spirit and being right. led by His Spirit on a daily basis? And what's hard, like what I find with parents is we've accepted the fact that we're not going to get that from media. And so the issue with media is what can we do to protect our kids, not what we can do to find media that actually enhances their understanding of what the good life with Jesus is. And so we want to like I always say, men about raising expectations on media. Mm -hmm. And so what can we do to tell that story? The, The thing that you're bringing up that's really interesting is. There's a lot of research right now that says children's moral imagination is formed by the time that they're 8 years old. <sighs> and what's interesting is one of the big issues for people who, you know, this is mainstream experts in children's media are saying that there is less and less empathy being taught in the stories that kids are getting exposed to. Totally. And so what what they're finding is kids are less empathetic and what's interesting is we're teaching tolerance
0: but we're not teaching empathy. Right. I which mean, are two totally different things. That's a huge deal, too. Tolerance, not empathy. Empathy is one of the most important things we can teach children. That's a really, really big one. I mean, we could even teach adults that. Brene Brown is big in the empathy, you know, in teaching mm-hmm. empathy and learning about empathy. We don't agree on everything, but we certainly agree on empathy. And we need to be teaching that to children. That needs to be a key element, not just tolerance. Tolerance is just... I disagree, whatever, we'll get along. You know, it really is, there needs to be more to it than just that. The tolerance has been elevated into this thing that's this ultimate goal. I just don't think so.
1: Yeah, and one of the driving forces around Minnow for me is, as we start thinking about helping raise the next generation for Christ and then also protecting our culture is, for myself, I lived a very kind of split life, a dichotomous life where there's sort of my work life and then there's my spiritual life and one of the big things that God's really worked on me in is those things like God's in everything Yep. and what happens with our media is you know for a lot of our children they experience Sunday you know God exists on Sunday but he doesn't exist the rest of the week except sure. at dinner time yeah. and so, so the idea is what can we do to tell stories that help kids recognize that Jesus is there every minute of the day with them Yeah. and that he shows up in media mm-hmm. and so the The third issue, which, again, you kind of reference this, is a lot of parents came to us and said, look, I did not grow up in a Christian household. Mm. I have no clue what I'm doing. I just need some help. And they look at what we're doing since we're working with media and technology and they recognize, hey, Minnow could help us out with this. Mm -hmm. And so we're really trying to look at what we can do to create resources that can sort of help those parents and really curate expert voices. And so a couple examples of this is we have Minnow Life, which we've partnered with, you know, experts in parenting Mm -hmm. and social, emotional, spiritual development. So we can develop, you know, life guides to give parents some handholds and some markers. Because the one thing we don't want to do with parents is be prescriptive. Because I always like every family's got its own culture. And so there's Christian uniqueness that should exist in every family. Mm -hmm. But how that gets executed is going to be different based on the culture of that family. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is take sort of these milestones for families to give them guideposts. give them some direction, but not be prescriptive because we find, you know, you and I both experience this. When you get prescriptive, you deal with a lot of, you know, guilt and shame. Oh, yeah. That because, and it's the you know, the, you're not like
0: that. Right. It's the A plus B equals C parenting style. You know, it's the yes. magic bullet one size fits all parenting style. We literally have those words in our seminars that we do. One size doesn't fit all. How I parent my thirteen year old is definitely not how I parent my eight year old. Not at different right. They're very, very different kids. One size doesn't fit all. You gotta learn to adapt and overcome in all situations. And I love that you say this, your family is unique. You know, I've said this many times, if most families that listen to us knew how much time my son spent playing video games, you'd tell me it was too much. I mean, most people would say that. They go, oh, that's way too much. That's way too much time to spend on video game. And I go, okay, well, you don't know my son. He's super obedient. (laughs) He's really respectful. He goes to bed on time, kind to his sister, tries hard in school, obeys his mom. I mean... I got nothing to complain about. Like, legitimately, what am I going to complain about? And right now in his life, he is a gamer. And he's legitimately good. And we monitor what he plays. You know, there's certain things we don't let him play. But he's really good at this. And all of his friends are into it. And they play it communally where he's got three or four kids on FaceTime where they all play at the same time. So... Is it too much? I don't know. Not for my family. Maybe for your family it is. Maybe you want more of an outdoors kid. But mine is not that right now. Like we've been fishing. We've been hunting. We've done those things. And he's a gamer. So we just do that. It's okay to have a unique family. It's okay to look at your family and go, you know what? For my family, this is what's best. Maybe not for yours, but this for my family, this is what's best.
1: Well, I really appreciate that, Ryan, because what we say is we really don't want people living by formulas. We mm-hmm. want them being led by the spirit yep. and how the spirit exists and manifests it, itself in your family is going to be different. Yeah. And so the word minnow is actually from the Greek word minnow, um, meno, M-E-N-O, which means to abide from John 15, four through five, which is, you know, where Jesus is saying, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll produce great fruit. Yeah. And what we really want is for families to abide with themselves, but abide with the Lord and recognize what does it mean for Christ, the Spirit, the Father, to permeate, you know, your day-to-day existence and to be led in that way. Because I think oftentimes we can find ourselves, and I found this in my own life, Turning into being a Christian agnostic, where I'm right. trusting more in formula and prescription than I am in actually listening to God and hearing Him and asking Him, what's He want me to do and how's He want me to live? Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, you can be a Christian psychologist. You know, you're trying to use psychology to prove your faith instead of saying they can both flow in the same direction. That's why I like Paul Tripp so much. I've used his parenting resources so frequently. I recommend it so often because it was transformative in our family. It was that moment where I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to adopt this. And then things radically transformed in our family and everything calmed down a little bit. And I felt better and Laura felt better. The kids felt better. You know, it's so great to have that. Mm, fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah and then Ryan I know you're well aware of this last issue that we heard is parents basically said look I feel like I'm parenting in isolation I feel like I'm alone in this yeah. and I just need to know I'm not alone and so that's one of the things that we're really working on and granted we just launched in November but one of the things that we really want to take a look at is what can we do to provide resources I'm really concerned about Christian single parents because yep. I feel like you know the church can only do so much on a Sunday yeah. and during the week and what we find is if you've got a situation where it's a, you know, if you're divorced parents that are trying to raise Christian kids, if you're a single parent, if you live in a community that doesn't look like the rest of the church, <laughs> there's a sense of what can we do to provide the resources and also provide the narrative and a media that allows those parents to feel like they're not alone. And one of the challenges that we've got is within Christian children's media, a lot of the content is suburban and white. It's influenced by white suburban creators, which yeah. makes sense. That's their story. Sure. But one of the things that we're looking at going forward is what can we do to tell the stories of the whole church? Mm. And what can we do to work with creators outside the U.S., but also inside the U.S. that represent different diverse voices that are God working in those diverse communities? Yeah. Because we really want a sense of unity. Like, what does it mean to, you know, I heard a Dallas theological prof say this once that the single best catechism the evangelical church has is Veggie Tales because it's the only Catechism. It's the only thing that, that every evangelical has actually been exposed yeah. to. And so, in the same way, what we believe is children's media can go broad because it tends not to be dogmatic. And it, by nature, it focuses on the first things, yeah. primary things. Well, think about and that. So, we want to look at what can we do?
0: Netflix bought part of the VeggieTales brand. I mean, they were calling us saying, oh, we got to get the new guys on your podcast. It's so great. And I was like, oh, seriously, all right, wow, Netflix and VeggieTales. That's a surprise. I went and watched it, and it was like, oh, this is not the VeggieTales that I grew up with. This is not Eric Metaxas doing writing for Veggie." Listen, Eric Metaxas wrote the book on Bonhoeffer. I mean, he's got so much knowledge He was writing for VeggieTales. That's why it was so good. When you watch the Netflix version, you're like, um, is there something missing? Yeah, there's drastic things missing from it. I mean there's it was just such a disappointment. I remember having to call him back and be like, Sorry. And they're like, What's wrong? I'm like, This is not you by the way. What I wanted to say, this is so harder than polite society. You know what's wrong. You tried to fool me. What are you right. talking about? This is garbage. This isn't real VeggieTales. This is fake VeggieTales. This is watered down VeggieTales. This is not theologically sound VeggieTales. This is, you know, at the very end, God loves you and he thinks you're very special. That's the one thing they said in the entire show that has anything to do with my faith. I was like, ah, oh, we can't do it. Sorry.
1: Yeah, well, the frustration when you see the major studios deal with brands that, you know, are, have been associated with the church, they take much more care around Star Wars and Marvel than they do, say, those brand franchises that are so dear and important to the totally, church, yes. including the Bible itself. Mm-hmm, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what's the future? What are you excited about that's coming down the pipe? I mean, I love that you're adding resources for families. That's fantastic because then it's not just a streaming service for kids, but parents are like, oh, I'm learning these things. You know, I'm getting more out of this. And there are so many people producing good resource today. Josh and Christy Straub. Dr. Josh Straub is so talented. Well, he's in the Nashville area. Uh, he's probably near you guys. Yeah. And I mean, Paul Tripp, I already mentioned. There's so many good resource being created today and it's not the one size fits all it's not behavioral management I mean there's so much of the past was about behavior and rarely did it say why do you think your kid is behaving this way is there something going on is there something going on at school should you be asking more questions of your kids you know how are you feeling have you been eating are you sleeping well are you being bullied Do you feel bad about schools there's something going on with the class there's a million reasons why your children might be mishaving but just to say Generally, kids do a bunch of bad stuff, and if you punish them enough, they'll stop doing it. Like, well, right. that doesn't really fit within my paradigm. It doesn't fit with my family. I got good kids, and when they start acting up, there's a reason for it, and I need to find out that reason, and that builds us as a family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I always, I mean, the thing that was transformational for me is recognizing I'm raising adults, not kids. Like oh. their children, but I've got to be helping them become great adults. Yes. And so yes. and that's not about behavioral management. That's about them fully understanding who they are before Christ and owning and experiencing that identity and the fact that God is with them every moment of the day. That's right. And so, yeah. so it's it's a big shift. Well, the things that we're super excited about right now is obviously Minnow Kids, which is our streaming app, mm. which is going great guns. We've got subscribers in over forty countries around the world, Ooh. which that was really unexpected. Nice. And so that's growing really. Really well. We really last year was about getting the launch and making sure that, you know, we felt like, hey, this thing is going to work and that we've got subscribers and we can build a business. Mm-hmm. We feel like we've gotten all the indications of that. So we're going to really look at what we can do to start investing in more content yeah. and working with a lot of original creators. We came back from Kids Screen, which is the largest mainstream children's media conference in the U.S., and there's so many believers who want to tell Christian stories, but they can't on the Cartoon Network, they can't at Disney, they can't at Pixar. And so they mm. love the idea that this is creating a platform for them to be able to tell those stories. Awesome. The second thing we're really excited about is last year, one of the books we released was the Laugh and Learn Bible for Kids that was written by VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer, mm. And- That Bible in the first six months is outsold every children's Bible. Like if you take it like the first six months of sales, it's outsold any Bible released like in the last 10 to 15 years. And I think we have like over 255 star reviews on Amazon and people are are loving it because so many children's Bibles have whimsical, fun pictures, but the text isn't really written for kids. Sure, sure. And what we love about what Phil's done with the Laugh and Learn Bible is it's a Bible that we're getting these stories of kids are taking it and running away with it and, you know, reading it, you know, underneath their covers at <laughs> night and really kind of digging in. And we set that up also. It's It's got 52 Story, So it really covers the Bible in totality. And then we've got a family connect section at the end of it that allows parents to be able to have some questions and some prayers. As I say, if you give parents a little bit of a breadcrumb, you know, most parents know what to do. Totally. They just need a little bit of encouragement. Yeah. And then we're really going to build out our Menno Life franchise, which what can we do to bring more resources to bear? And we really look at our job as curating. And so right. it's basically what can we do to partner with folks to help? You know, because as you mentioned, there's so many great resources in the marketplace today, but it's so hard to find out about. Them. Oh my goodness! And
0: so, I'm telling you, so what we- listen. In my producer's office is right over here. There is a stack of books that's got to be almost two feet high because we get books every single day. And I'm really honest about this. We get books every day in the office. Yesterday, we got eight new books in. We might use one of them on the podcast. Like, that's one of the things that we love to do. When you go do parenting seminars, I've got a thing called Home Safe, teaching your family to be safe in and out of the home. I tell people up front, I have vetted all of these products. I have used them in my home. If it doesn't transform us, we don't put it on the radio. Like, we don't put it on the podcast if it hasn't affected our life in a positive way. And I love that we get to do that. I love that we can wade through. There's more than a million books published every single year. A million books a year are published. Parents look at that and they're like, I don't even know. But here's what I don't want. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to read a book. Seeing these promises, like, oh, you're going to get this and this and this and this, and you read the book, and at the end, you're like, oh, come on, this was garbage. This isn't going to help my family. You know, we've got some great, great resources, and I love vetting them because it's just awesome to hear back from families being like, man, we were so struggling with this area. And, you know, what's the one I've got right here? Oh, look, I got Paul Tripp's book right here Paul Tripp Parenting. That's fantastic. There it is. Wendy Speak and Amber Leah triggers. This book was so good. It's the resources are fantastic. So I'd love to work with you guys on Menno Live, curating those resources for families because it is one of our greatest joys.
1: Yeah, we'd love that. And, and to your point, Ryan, I would say that the two things that are in the least supply are time and trust. <laughs> like, I don't have enough time and I can only trust so many people. Totally. So what can we do to really solve that? and, and, today so many books are being published because that's the only format that publishers really know. And what we'd say is there's a lot we can do. And that's kind of the next thing I'm really excited about is I think there are formats that the digital environment allows us for kids. Like what could we do around interactive? What can Mm -hmm. we do around books? What can we do around gaming in the Christian space that could really help with digital storytelling? How can we innovate and how can we do better jobs where, you know, our perspective is Christian kids need media yeah. that they can see in the mainstream. So, what does it mean for gaming? What does it mean for interactive storytelling? And then, what does it mean to meet parents where they are? Most parents don't have time to read a book. And so, what does it mean to find the voices that can help parents get the information they need quickly? for the purpose of making good decisions each day.
0: Oh, it's awesome. Man, that's so fantastic. Eric, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I love Minnow. All of our listeners that are listening, you can hit gominnow.com to check out the service. You can get the app on Apple TV. Do you have it on Roku as well? Yeah, we have on Apple
1: TV, Google, or Apple, Google Play, Amazon, Kindle, Fire, and then Roku.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can do from experience. We use the Apple TV app and it's very easy to use. I've used some other services. I won't name names, but I've used other services where it was hard for my kids to scroll through. And this one is very, very easy. They love it. Super easy. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for allowing us to be on today and just wish you and all your listeners the best. Thank
0: you. I look forward to working with you in the future. Thanks for listening, Rebels. Thanks to Eric Goss for providing such a great streaming service for our kids. Check them out at gominnow.com. Thanks to Liberty HealthShare, libertyhealthshare.org slash rebel. We appreciate you again if you are in need of assistance and help and resources in this time of quarantine Definitely reach out to Laura and I, help at rebelparenting.org. God bless Rebels. We will see you tomorrow.
1: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to four 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 nine nine nine. That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.